You are listening to the Asking for a Friend podcast, an elder-led ministry of Believers Baptist Church in Emory, Texas. The Asking for a Friend podcast exists as a weekly resource for the edification and knowledge of God's people. My name is Jason Rowland. I'm the senior pastor and one of the elders of Believers Baptist Church. And one of the other elders of the church, Philip Castleton, is joining in with me today for the podcast. We want to thank you for listening, whoever you may be and wherever you may be. May the Lord bless this podcast to you as a means of grace for your spiritual growth. Philip, this is the second podcast for the second week of February 2021, and um, we are asking the question, what is a righteous lie? So is it ever acceptable for a Christian to lie? That's the two different questions. Because what is a righteous lie? Well, it's non-existent. So <laughs> a righteous lie is non-existent, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, just... let's make no mistake. I mean, God is truth, and we are to be like God. Mm-hmm. So telling truth or truth telling is a duty. It's a responsibility. It's what we're called to as believers. And the, 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 I guess the question is, is it ever morally p- permissible to tell a lie? Are we obligated to tell the truth in every situation, no matter the consequences? Well, um, let, me, let me jump in here for just a moment. Because, um, you know, as uh, Bible teachers, we, we, we think about, um, you ask the question, is it ever morally uh, permissible? Well, well, let's just look to God's moral law for that answer. Right. Okay. What is um, the moral laws? We know it as the ten words or the ten commandments, right? And um, and we are one of them is in verse sixteen, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, or in other words, you shall not lie. Lie, right? Right. God's moral law says it is it is never right to lie. Okay. Um, so. Okay. So that's that's foundational. That's good. And and let's come back to that. But let's right. apply that. To some of um, some examples that I'm going to throw at you. Okay. Okay. So, is it ethical to post a "Beware of Dog" sign on your fence to keep a burglar from coming in, even if you don't own a dog? Well, uh, let's say, let's put it this way: if if you could, if you meant the sign to be just a general. Uh, warning that dogs can be dangerous, right? right. And so you're just telling people, hey, you ought to be aware of dogs because sometimes they bite or they leave you treasures in the yard, um, right? I mean, they bark really loud and it could hurt your ears. I mean, if it's a general warning like that, then probably okay. Um, it'd be like the person who puts out, this house is protected by ADT, right? right. But they don't have a security system. Right. Uh, um, yeah, I, I would say that um, being dishonest is being dishonest. I, I don't know that you can... That there's any way around that. Right. And so here's my point, and you don't have to answer all of these examples, okay? <laughs> right. But I think that it gives us reason to think, and well, the background even for this podcast, for example, when I turn on all the lights and I'm gone on vacation, I put my television on a timer, put my lights on a timer, and I'm gone for two weeks, and I'm down at Gulf Shores, Alabama, and I'm doing that to deter any robbers from coming in and no anybody thinking that I'm gone for that period of time that might want to take advantage of me and is it 
deceitful to do that? Well, again, we would be talking about your motive versus uh, turning your lights on to deter people away isn't necessarily bad. I mean, if your motive is to lie to them, then, then uh, you know, to deceive them, then it might be, right? right? Um, so, I mean, you could just be that, you know, we're people of the light, so we like light. <laughs> so I leave my lights on, you know? Yeah. I want my neighbors to be able to see in my house in case somebody's there. That would make more sense, right? right. But uh, Okay, so let's let's just throw out some um, others that, um, you, again, you don't necessarily have to um, come back at this. But I think this, these are good, thought-provoking questions and situations. Um, is it ethical for police to operate radar in unmarked police cars? Uh, were the Ill- allies in World War II justified when they deceived Hitler where they were going to land in Normandy? They deceived him, and he thought he was going, that the allies were actually going to land in another place when they invaded France. Was it wrong for the allies to lie and deceive Hitler? What about, is it wrong to lie to someone when you're taking them uh, when you're when you're taking them in order to keep the secret of a surprise party from them, if so, if I have a surprise party planned for you, and I lie to you about what I'm doing in order to get you to the surprise party, mm-hmm. is that ethical? Well, you know, first of all, let's be clear that God's even though God's laws apply to all men, all men are culpable, right? For God's laws. I mean, your conscience bears witness that lying is wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I, we don't even have to have this podcast. podcast. You know that it's wrong. You, uh, obviously, um, culture and um, is, is uh, it preaches at us a little louder than the Bible does sometimes. And so sometimes we, our conscience has, is seared or calloused and doesn't respond the same way it should because we've been informed. It's been wrongly informed. But keep in mind that... In God's moral law, it's given to a redeemed people, right? not to a lost people, okay? So I said all that to say it's not that the lost man is not ultimately culpable for the law. He is. But the moral law is given to a redeemed people. So when you ask some of those questions, you would almost have to um, ask, well, are these people saved or are they not saved? I mean, would it be right for a saved person to do that? Or what about a lost person? Well, you can't expect anything different from a lost person because their entire life is lived outside of God's law. Right. Right. Um, so the moral law, the law in itself, it wasn't a ladder in, in which way to earn righteousness. It was given as a reflection of who God is to people who redeemed by right. God. And so I think part of the thinking is because we live in a sinful world, and morally people are depraved, mm-hmm. then everything can't be black and white. I, I'm, just, I'm not saying that. Yes. I'm just saying that's the idea, mm-hmm. that there are gray areas that are um, legitimate because we can't live in a black, we don't live in a black and white world. If we lived in a perfect world, nobody would lie and there would be no deception and you wouldn't hang the beware of dog sign up and and all the other things that we do that we legitimize when in reality there is black and white. The standard has been given to us. And I think the text that you used just a moment ago from the Ten Commandments, Exodus 20, gives us every reason to believe that deceit and lying uh, would be always wrong. Well, uh, yeah, the Bible actually says all liars shall have their place in the 
lake of fire, right? Right. I mean, it doesn't, uh, there's no, uh, it doesn't say all liars who can't justify their lies, um, you know, uh, or, uh, and so you know, we can't think along the same lines as the world where if if we can come up with what we deem as an ethical reason to justify um, wrongdoing, then it's just not so wrong. It is. God is either morally perfect or he's not. He's either holy or he's not. And if he is, he says, you should be holy because I am holy. He doesn't. And in fact, in first Peter, it says, be holy in all your conduct. There's no scheme or area of life in which the holiness of God is not expected in his people. There's not a single sphere of life that's not that's not um, under that umbrella. All your conduct should be holy because God is holy. Right. So we, we have a text that we're going to go to that I can imagine those who are listening would think, well, what about, and we'll go to that what about in just a moment. Sure. But before we do that, one of the common arguments against um, or for, I should say, a righteous lie. This is a common argument for a righteous lie. Is the Holocaust during World War II? I've made, I've made one reference to World War II already, but World War II, when the um, Jews were being hidden by certain peoples, um, for example, the Dutch, Cory Ten Boom, mm-hmm. uh, is the famous story of hiding. Jews who were being persecuted to the point of death um, by Hitler in Germany, and she and her family hid Jews, and she actually lied to the Nazis when they came. Now, her sister Betsy would not lie. So Corey felt like the greater good was to lie to save lives. Mm-hmm. Betsy, her sister, who ultimately wouldn't lie, which had a part in the betrayal of the family so that the Jews that were hiding in their house were actually discovered. And Betsy and her sister, Corey, were taken off to a consecration concentration camp. I said consecration. It wasn't a consecration. Well, they were set apart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> concentration camp. But the um, Betsy wouldn't lie. But Corey said, it's okay for me to lie because there's a greater good. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the common thought. If we're lying for a greater good, we're choosing the lesser of two evils, and so it's legitimized in our mind. Sure. Um, and I think that's one of the texts that people go to. That's just a story that about Corey Ten Boom, but one of the texts that people go to, and as they're listening, I think they would say, well, what about the midwives in Exodus chapter 1, where... We read that Pharaoh had come against the Israelites as they are in the land. And verse 15 of chapter 1 says that the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Sapira and the other Pua, when you serve a midwife to the, as a midwife to the Hebrew women, and see them on the birth stool. If it is a son, you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, 
she shall live. Now remember that Pharaoh has determined to do this because Pharaoh is oppressing Israel and Israel is multiplying rapidly. They have grown to a large number of people that are living in the land of Egypt and Pharaoh and his people have become fearful and so they've made Israel slaves and now they're going so far as to um, kill the male babies, to wipe out the nation. So he commands the midwives to kill any son that is born to any Hebrew woman. But the midwives feared God, and they not, did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them. But he let the male, but they let the male children live. So the king of Egypt called the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this? And let the male children live. The midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes to them. So God did well, dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and grew very strong. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. So that's the text that people would come to and say, well, look, these midwives lied in order to save these sons who were being born to the Hebrew women, and that's a greater good. So, yes, there are ethical situations in which a lie is permissible. And yet, we have, when we look at the text, how do we know that the midwives were lying? Well, yeah, well, yeah. You've 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 addressed two different things, one with midwives and one with um, the Holocaust. Um, let's go back to the Holocaust, and we'll, then we'll come back to midwives. Uh, the Holocaust thing. Well, first of all, um, you don't know that lying or not lying changes anything. It's an assumption you're making. If you tell the truth, I'm. Um, you don't know that the people that are high, that you've got hidden in your basement or under the floorboards or wherever you've got them hidden are going to die. You don't know that. Um, it, it assume or it presumes upon God uh, that we're more in control of what goes on than we are, right? Um, God says that it is appointed unto man once to God that the sparrow doesn't fall outside of God's purview. Um, he's the one who's in control. You're more valuable than sparrows, and so um, um, we can trust that God does the right thing. That He's in control that he um, knows all of those things, and we can do that and tell the truth. I mean, that's first of all. Second of all, there is no such thing as a greater good. Uh, we have um, the the two greatest commands, or are, are, are the Ten Commandments really are, are summed up in two commands, the Bible says, right? What is the greatest command? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second one? Love your neighbor as yourself. So which would be the greater good? Loving God, which means to keep his commandments, right. in First John, or to love your neighbor? Right. Loving God comes first. Yes. Keeping his commandments comes first. In fact, if you go on to understand what the, the loving your neighbor means, you can't rightly love your neighbor if you're not loving God. So actually to lie is to wrongly work. Uh, you're not loving your neighbor rightly when you lie, period. Right. So, um, so the, what you're saying then, Philip, is that um, if I'm a Dutch person, and I'm hiding Jews in my house. You could be a Swedish person and do this. It yeah. Matter. Well, I'm not very sweet, but... <laughs> oh, you said Swedish. <laughs> but 
if I'm am I, I pers- you'd be semi sweet. You're <laughs> Swedish. Yeah. <laughs> so if I'm hiding a person in my attic, whatever whatever my uh, nationality is, um, and the Nazis come, um, I'm going to assume that if I lie, that those people will be protected, as if I can guarantee that my lie will do that, will preserve their life. Now it might be that it would. But I have no guarantee. So if I'm going to tell the truth, then I have to trust God and not presume to be in that place. Yeah, That's what you're saying. I am. I'm saying that God says that our days are numbered, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the one who knows that number. He's the one in control of every heartbeat that we have. And so if I tell the truth and um, those people are killed, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm going to hurt, uh, you know, I'm going to be sad. I'm going to question, unfortunately, because of the um, uh, that is the nature of man to say, well, if I had only done this other thing, why can't we just trust and rest in the God who does right, who does just, who protects his own, who saves his people, right? Recognize that those people are going to die anyway. It is appointed unto man once to die. Every single person is going to die. You might have preserved their life. I mean, if if that were, I don't even know that you can because God's their days are numbered, right? right. But let's say even in your perspective, you've um, preserved their life for how long? A, a, a day, a week, a month, a year, 10 years, uh, 12 years? We don't know, right? We're not given that. Can't we trust that God knows how many days the person has and is in control of how many days they have? You have no control over those things. It's a presumption on our part that by doing wrong, God will accept our wrongdoing because uh, we could justify it in our minds. We're not loving God. To love God is to keep his commandments. And and, And we can't rightly love our neighbor if we're not loving God. The second commandment hinges upon the first. There's a reason they're in the order they're in. Um, mm-hmm. And the greatest commandment, uh, in, implying importance, right? One is is above all the rest. In right. fact, one is the foundation for all the rest. Right. So, okay. So let's go to let's the go text. To midwives. Yeah. Let's okay. go to the text. Well, the midwives again. You said it. Um, why do we assume they lied? The Bible right. doesn't say they lied. Right. We assume that when we read the text, because they were, t- because what we don't have in the text is um, a narrative that says, and the midwives were on their way. To, to, to help with the birthing. And when they got there, the women had had the babies. So when Pharaoh asked the midwives, why don't you do it? And then they answered the question. Just because we're not given that narrative doesn't mean that narrative didn't happen. Right. Um, we should assume since God acted well toward them and God doesn't reward sin, that what they did was they feared and honored God. Right. And they feared God by obeying his commands. Right. That life is important and that they weren't going to take life and that they actually believe that God's commands were right and, 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 they, and they were going to obey that over man. So the assumption is that these people acted with honor and in righteousness, not that they acted wrongly and yet God rewarded them for the greater good. That We can't get that from the text. Right. And I think that's been the interpretation of the text through the centuries that God gave some kind of concession to the fact that, well, they lied for a greater good, for a greater purpose. It's the same thing that, that people do with Rahab. Mm-hmm, right. right. Yeah. And, and Joshua, mm-hmm. um, where she hid the spies that were sent into the land, mm-hmm. which brings up the other question, why was Joshua spent sending spies into the land? Yeah. You know? Well, well, you know what's funny is we get to Hebrews 11, and it talks about Rahab, but, but it doesn't mention her lie. No. The Bible I mean, never commends it. No. 
But it does, as you said in Hebrews 11, reward her faith or commend her faith. Right. And Not she, her lie. Right. So she is listed in Hebrews chapter 11 as um, in the hall of faith. Right. Um, but I think uh, through the centuries, you know, there's been the idea that this text that we're talking about in Exodus chapter 1, um, that God has permitted this to be. Um, acceptable because it was a greater good, or perhaps that God gave uh, some kind of concession, much as we see uh, the multiplication of wives in the patriarchal stories, uh, particularly, um, just because of the hardness of human hearts. Mm -hmm. But I I think it's better just to say um, we have no reason to believe that they lied. Yeah, but perhaps these Hebrew women were actually vigorous and gave birth before they showed up. Perhaps they're even made some kind of prior arrangement with the Hebrew women. Hey, if you start to give birth, you need to go on your own. Yeah, well, that would be a motivation, right? If right. you knew, if if maybe these women come along and say, "We've been commanded to kill your kill your sons," so um, uh, you might uh, push hard. Yeah, uh, you know, it might be motivation to to get this thing over with. <laughs> right, right. Um, and so the midwives could possibly have delayed their arrival to help in the well, birthing. Even that, if you think about the, this whole situation, I mean, the midwives show up late, right? Mm-hmm. They show up late. What would be the purpose in lying? They show up late. You still have a son there mm-hmm. that they didn't kill. Right. They still have you. Still have a baby there that's helpless. Right. And they don't kill it. Right. The only opportunity that you can kill a baby is in the moment that it comes out. No, I mean, they show up two hours late. They show up a day late, whatever the case may be. You still have an infant there that they could have killed and they didn't. They honored God by obeying, uh, by honoring God in the fact that they feared him and knew that it's wrong to take life. Right. And they chose not to do that. They could have taken the life when they got there. there but they were told, well, when that baby comes out, you know, be there. I don't think they lied. I don't think that you can justify that from the text in any place. Right. I, I agree with you totally. And so I think what you and I are saying is uh, there is no such thing as situational ethics no. in terms of deceiving or lying. And we live in a culture um, where we have become very um, comfortable with sin and what is acceptable sin. And I put that in air quotes. Um, And that would be one of them. We're we're lying for a greater good. We're being deceitful for a greater purpose, Um, which is another way that this text in Exodus chapter 1 has been interpreted through the years that... Um, this is God approving our standing against evil. You know, I read an article this week um, thinking about this, and, and I think you said you read it as well. But it was it was uh, it was talking about Stephen, right? Stephen was martyred, right? Yes. Um, Stephen is is thrown down before the Pharisees, and and um, he talking about greater good, right? And God's purposes worked out. Here's a guy who's thrown down and he's accused of some things and given the opportunity to um, to lie. Are these things true? And he could have said, absolutely not. Right? Right. He could have said that. And, and maybe, right, it spares his life. But he doesn't. What does he do? Um, he... He begins to give this big, huge background of, of how 
God has been consistent and Israel hasn't ultimately. Mm-hmm. And he preaches the gospel. And what do they do? They pick up stones. They stone him to death. The person consenting, holding the coats of those who stone him is who? Paul. Saul. You think that might have had something to do with his conversion not too many not too many days later, too many weeks or months later? Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know. And then Paul goes on to write um, half the New Testament and um, is considered probably uh, um, one of the greatest uh, tools that God has ever used in, in, in the work of, of not only writing uh, and, and giving us the Word of God, but in preaching to the Gentiles and so forth. And, and yet, if, if in that moment, there would be many of us who would have said, for the greater good, Stephen, just lie. You can go on preaching, you can go on teaching, you can go on living for Jesus, but he didn't. He didn't lie, he didn't try to preserve himself, and he was killed. And we read today about Stephen. There are people today whose lives have been changed because of what God did through Stephen. Mm-hmm. I believe that Paul's life was probably changed because of what he witnessed in Stephen. Right. 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 And um, and there's even the part where uh, when he looks, he sees Jesus doing what? Standing. Standing. And and every other text we have in Scripture says that Jesus is sitting. Right. It's a. I heard one commentator one time say that that Jesus was giving him a standing ovation. Right. Well, I, I, that we can't go that far. But what we can say is that um, that he he honored the Lord in his truthfulness there. Right. And um, and there's just no argument for. Uh, uh, there's no greater good argument from my understanding that that would uh, qualify or, or quantify. Um, uh, any justification, uh, you know, any way of, of, of telling lies, because there's no such thing as a righteous lie. Right. I agree, and I think that's probably where we need to end the podcast. There's no righteous lie, and we have to think about the fact that, yes, we do live in a morally bankrupt world. It is sin-saturated. Um, and yet, God has given us truth that we must live by and we must trust that he is going to bring about good um, even though it may not in our own eyes look like this is the better thing again going back to the holocaust um yes it, it from the perspective of those protecting those jews it looked like lying was the best thing to do and you know I want to say this because um, I was confronted with a, a situation um, a few years ago um, where, you know, sometimes we jest with each other and we, we cut up and we say things that we know another person. We use hyperbole, for example, yes. right? I don't know that all those things qualify as lies. You know, we, we exaggerate a point to make a point. Jesus does this, right? Yeah, right. Okay. So, um, and for example, um, I had a guy over at my house one time who... I, and I don't, it was a strange situation, but my, one of my sons, he was much younger at the time. And um, there was like a magnet on the refrigerator of like a gorilla or something. I don't know. It was like just a, just a gorilla magnet. And the guy said, look at that gorilla. And at the time I was hunting dogs with, hunting hogs with dogs a lot. And um, everybody knew that I, that I was. Yeah, because you're an old hog dogger. I am. But um, my son joked because he never thought anybody would take him seriously. He says, oh, yeah, we caught that with the dogs when we were out hog hunting, you know. And it was he didn't mean to be dishonest or deceive or, or any, in any way. But this person was so um, rigid that he went, you lied to me, right? Well, now I'm in a conundrum. 
I'm like, I'm trying to teach my son to be respectful and honor parent adults and all this kind of stuff. So um, I I thought, well, the easiest thing here would be to tell my son, son, why don't you apologize for being um, less than 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 honest about this thing, even though he wasn't trying to be misleading. Intentionally, in right? Something. He wasn't. Um, well, he he did. He apologized, but the guy didn't let it go. The guy kept going on and on and on, and I, I finally tried to explain to him that in social interaction, sometimes we, we use hyperbole or we say things that we know the other person recognizes as um, an exaggeration or something to make a point, and that doesn't, I don't think that qualifies as lies, but he wasn't buying it, and we had to agree to disagree, and it was a, it was a pretty tense moment in my home. But um, hopefully it was a learning lesson for my child. I know right. it was for me uh, right. uh, to, uh, that some people, um, in that sense, can't take a joke. But, uh, right. uh, but yeah. I, th- I think that people also would argue that there are certain people that do not deserve to hear the truth. Did, does it, did, did Hitler deserve to hear the truth? Or did those Nazi soldiers who are going to carry these, did they just... Well, truth is, if we're God's people, again, I, I would put that the command not to lie is given to a redeemed people. And like I said, again, I'll go back where I was in the beginning. I'm not saying that people will not, the lost man won't stand before God and answer for his lies. He will. But the, the command not to lie um, is only possible in the context of a redeemed people, right? Because we have the right. working of, of the Holy Spirit in us. But that being said, um, I, I don't know that the word deserve uh, makes sense to me. I mean, we're people of the truth. Mm-hmm. Right? God is truth. You know? Right. He's given us truth. We're people of the truth so that the words that come out of our mouth ought to reflect truth. Right. In fact, we're, I think we're going to do another podcast later, which is going to bang on that point even more. Right. Uh, that what our yes should be yes and our no should be no. Right. Well, and I think I, I think that, um, again, we just we have to concentrate and focus on trusting God, even as we speak the truth, even as we think that lying would be better in our own perspective from our own eyes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess then the podcast um, says to me that I'm going to um, when I fill out doctor forms. And they ask, um, have you had any surgeries? I've had so many that I just say no. Yeah. I maybe guess that's a lie. Just, maybe you ought to just say yes. Too many to recount. But they want me to list. They want me to list them. Well, then, then you just say, we'll answer verbally. <laughs> I guess that's the best way to do it. Yeah. So Lord, forgive me. I've lied on the doctor's forms. You know what they say, all liars will have their place. <laughs> Thank goodness for grace, right? Right, right. Amen. Well, again, uh, we appreciate the fact that you would take the time to listen to this podcast, and I pray that God would bless it to your spiritual growth. It would be a means of grace to you. We appreciate all ratings, reviews, and, and shares, and again, good old-fashioned word of mouth to spread uh, the podcast to to those who you might uh, think would benefit from listening. Amen.